HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. This week on a special Valentine's Day edition of Meet and 3, we put a twist on the lovey-dovey holiday. The mission statement is save the world through silliness and chocolate, and in parentheses, launch a chocolate bar into outer space. But I'm having... um some conflict on the board members with the parentheses. That's okay. He cited that in his area there used to be 30 dairy farms and now there are three. You know, dessert was political and what you had on the dessert table said more about you than other markers of success. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news and storytelling roundup wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, welcome to The Feed Feed, where we sit down with leaders and upstarts of the food media realm to discuss everything from navigating social media, building, engaging with, and growing a community, and producing content that resonates with young and old. I'm Jake Cohen, Editorial Director of The Feed Feed, the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source of what to cook, bake, and drink. Today, we are covering the sweet world of dessert culinary content with two of my friends. We have Chelsea White of Chell Sweets, as well as Jessica Siskin of Mr. Underscore Crisp. Hello, <laughs> ladies. Hi, Jake. Hello. So uh, for anyone who's listening, the first thing you have to do is open up Instagram and head to both of your accounts. Obviously, Chelsea creates the most insane cakes, like the decorating seals, amazing, and Jessica makes these rice crispy sensations of everything from I, I, people to characters. Everything's so timely it's too. Like, it's like the dogs. The dogs are my favorite. I love making the dogs. <laughs> so let's start out from from the beginning. How did you get into creating these things? Did you always love uh, dessert baking? How did it get involved in Instagram? What were you doing before this? I'm going to let Jessica start with that one. Okay. So I was about to do the same thing. So I was always a creative person. 
but I didn't have the most creative job. I worked in fashion, which sounds creative, but I was mostly focused on the business side. And I did that for seven years out of college. And I started to feel a little creatively unfulfilled. I loved my job. I loved the people I worked with, but I knew that there was something missing. So I started to do weird creative things at night. And the only thing I know how to make is Rice Krispie treats. Like I don't know how to cook, unlike the two of you, very, very talented chefs and bakers. Um, Chelsea's like saying no, but she is such a good baker. It's, it makes up for all of it. Insane. Um, so yeah, so I started making Rice Krispie treats and I would mold them into a heart or a star. And around this time I was invited to a potluck dinner with one of my friends and she had the idea that we should make a Rice Krispie treat surfboard for the girl whose birthday it was. And I Googled it and there was a recipe online that had food coloring in it and so I started to make this surfboard but like the second I put the red food coloring in I remember it so clearly it was like what I call like an Oprah aha moment I had this like immediate impulse that I needed to make a Rice Krispie Treat cheeseburger so I made one and I posted it on Instagram and I this was in 2012 so early Instagram days yeah and I broke 100 likes for the first time amazing which was huge for me and I brought it into work and everyone at work freaked out and around that time I really wanted to go back to school and get a master's in creative writing but I needed to have something I could do during the day and it just worked out that a year later, a year after I posted this first cheeseburger, I decided to start an Instagram just on a whim. And I put it up and took it down like five times because at the time I was feeling like, oh, I don't want to draw attention to myself. Like now every single human thinks that they should be an influencer and have a social media page. But at the time I was like, wow, this is a very vulnerable step. Like to ask people to like follow an account that, that, that sort of implies that I think I'm doing something interesting. And so I put it down, I put it up and took it down like five times. And then finally one day I was like, you know what, we're doing this. And I put it, I put up some pictures of treats that I'd made, which were like now looking back, we're not very good. And I love I, it. That's my favorite part of looking <laughs> right? back Isn't it wild? Yeah. yeah. And I got three, I put a little email on there. It was like order Mr. Crisp at gmail.com. Don't email that because I don't have a password anymore. But <laughs> I got three orders on the first day. And I've gotten orders pretty much every day ever since. And so I left my job a couple months after that, went back to school for creative writing, which I had always wanted to do. And by the time I graduated, I had a full-blown business. I'd worked with Kellogg's a few times. I had a book deal. It was just a real thing. And so I graduated from school about four years ago, and I've been doing this ever since. I love it. I met Chelsea somewhere along the way. I met Jake somewhere <laughs> along the way. And here we are. And here we are. A perfect transition. It, so right? you met Chelsea. Chelsea, <laughs> let's start with your background. Oh, man. I feel like there's got to be a more succinct way to say this than I do. But every time I, I say just it, it's just for like ten word minutes. vomit. It just comes out. Um, so I did not grow up baking at all. I moved here to New York and I was from? working in public accounting from Seattle. From Seattle. So it's a big move and I was just like staring at Excel all day every day and I really needed some type of outlet and in the past I had like had fun drawing and you know doing other things that were creative but I wouldn't have said I was a creative person but I found myself just like feeling really unfulfilled. So I made like a batch of cookies and I loved it. It was so fun. I loved Pinterest at the time so I felt really inspired. Finally made my first cake for a friend's birthday and um, everybody in my office loved it. it even looked like 
terrible. Like it was like lopsided. The fr- you can again scroll scrolling to the bottom of someone's Instagram account is like so revealing. I, when I used to use like those filters, like you know the <laughs> right. ones that that made it look like an old school. Like there's like, a frame yes, on it, yes, like yeah. yes. corners. Yes, yeah. That was like the very worst. No, so yeah, so you can scroll really far and see some pictures of my dogs that are now dead, sadly. Peppy and Gingy, R.I.P. And some pour really one out for kids. Peppy and Pour Gingy. one out. Oh my God! Drop a <laughs> they slice. Were, they were some good, good little puppies. Um, but I kind of just like never looked back from that. I really loved cake making. It felt so therapeutic and like such a way to just like relieve stress at the end of the day. Luckily, I've gotten a little bit better at frosting <laughs> cakes and making them. Just a little. Um, and I sold cakes for a while. I, people like literally forced me to start selling cakes like I didn't really want to and eventually it just happened I did that for a while and then I started making cake videos and then somehow I started working with the Food Network and I started focusing a lot more on content and so that's kind of where I've gone now and that whole time I was working in um, public accounting and corporate finance and then I left my job about a year ago um, just because I got to a point where I couldn't keep doing both and I finally like took the plunge so I'm a little bit newer to doing it full-time on my own um, but I haven't really looked back since I left, and I am pretty happy with what I'm doing now. So This is kind of like my favorite part of the discussion. If so many people might ask you, like, how did you get good at baking cakes or <laughs> creating things out of Rice Krispie treats? Um, I guess my first question is, how did you know it was time to take that plunge? What, what Was there a number? Was there a concept around it? Obviously, it's like, you have this huge risk to follow something, especially based in Instagram. Um, But naturally it paid off for both of you. What was your thought process? I think I was pretty naive and it happened to work out, which is really (laughs) lucky uh, because I took the opportunity to leave my full-time job and go back to school and was sort of viewing it as a part-time thing. I don't know what I would have done after school if this hadn't worked out. So I think that was a pretty naive choice. I got really lucky, and I also can't believe that I had the confidence to start an Instagram when I did because I look back at what I did, and I'm a little embarrassed (laughs) at some of the work that I did at the time. I mean, obviously it was good at the time, but now I'm like – and I'm not a perfectionist by any means, but – Practice definitely makes perfect. So if I hadn't just sort of let life take me there, this never would have happened. And that's something I'm really, really grateful for. I guess for me, I was... (laughs) I think I'm a very calculated person, so <laughs> I think that I couldn't have a more opposite <laughs> from you, Jessica. I love. Um, so I kind of just like wanted to keep doing both because I really found cakes satisfying and it was like a great outlet and it was a hobby. I loved doing it and I liked my job. Like I, I had switched to a few different companies. I had had really good bosses, really good coworkers, and I had a good salary and I was happy. Um, and I told myself, like, I set these weird benchmarks, exactly like you said. And I was like, you know, if I, I'll tell like, it was very extremely specific. If I can, like, make more than my corporate salary in a year, if I can have a consistent monthly income, because to me, like, okay, maybe you signed some huge deal one year for a partnership, but if that's not 
going to be a sustainable thing that doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. So if I can have consistent monthly income that I'm comfortable with. I also had, I thought I was going to move back to Seattle a long time ago and I <laughs> bought a condo. Um, and so I wanted to finish paying off my condo because I didn't want to quit my job and have a bunch of debt looming over me and like a mortgage that just seemed horrifying because it is really scary like even if you're doing great now who knows what's going to happen in two months I'm like a very risk averse person it's like the CPA in me so I had set these benchmarks and I never really thought I would like achieve them and then it got to like last fall and I felt so overwhelmed I was doing way too much I wasn't sleeping and I took a step back and was just like oh my gosh, like I've actually, I have all these things lined up, like I've done all of this. And it was just like an aha moment where I was like, oh, I actually, I'm actually like ready to go. And I just really felt it in my gut. And I know that's like this, <laughs> not I what love, anybody wants yes, to hear. But like no. you just need to trust your gut and trust your instinct. But it was like this switch flicked inside of me and I just like knew and it was the I had the hardest time waiting like a month to tell my boss like I'm quitting <laughs> um but I the second I made my mind up to do that I like was 100% in and I haven't really looked back since amazing so, yeah. did you sell the condo um no pe- I rent it people still people wow still. that's a that's a real extra side hobby it's not, it's not, not bad <laughs> Landlord, Chelsea, Chel- Chel- the landlord. Baker. Yes, yeah. I, I like rent. To be clear, I rent my own apartment, so it's not like uh, I'm doing that much. It like basically my income pays for my rent, so it's not that crazy. That's great. Um, so now we have gone through all this. You're on your own. Now we're in the world of content of building up your brand, your content, your skills. Obviously, both of you worked so hard to understand what it took to create a beautiful Rice Krispie treat that looks like Kim Kardashian crying or (laughs) a drip cake where it's like absolutely insane. You came and you did a demo at Feed Feed and I still to this day think about like, how did she do it? Um, How'd you get involved in terms of learning the content you were doing about taking better photos, taking videos. Chelsea, your videos are insane. Like I can't, I could barely edit. Stop buttering. (laughs) No. And likewise, you then, Jessica, you wrote a book all about making Rice Krispie treats. True. This is all new things. What was the process like kind of diving into this world of content? Well, I think Chelsea really has the content cornered so I think you should answer first I like this like you going first and me having time to think and talk okay I'll I'll tackle this one to be fair um I think you just have to do it like people are so afraid that oh like how did you learn like who taught you and I think people forget that you can teach yourself things like if you really are just adventurous and you're willing to take that first step you know like maybe you buy a terrible tripe I mean that's what I did i bought a terrible tripod I bought two like softbox lights and I made an out of focus cake video in 2016 and it wasn't good and that's okay I like look back I laugh and I watched it and I was like oh next time I should like actually focus on the cake when I make the video and then after that I was like oh the cake needs to be centered better and you just learn every time how to get better at what you're doing and you slowly refine the process to have it down to a T and almost like a science of what you're doing but just like anything else I mean even in work like at any job you have on the job learning it's the same thing so I think you just have to be willing to just dive in head first and get things done and now cookbook (laughs) yeah so cookbook that was something that I never expected I was in grad school for 
creative writing and all they tell you when you are are in grad school for creative writing is that you will never get a book deal and that will never happen for you so you better figure out other ways to make a living so when a literary agent reached out to me our friend Sarah Pasek literary agent to the stars was just with her the other night (laughs) love her she's gonna come on the podcast amazing she has to that'll be great so Sarah Pasek, my agent, reached out to me on Facebook and was like, you need to write a book. And I was like, oh, you know, thank you so much. I'm so flattered. I'm in grad school. Why don't I call you when I graduate? And she was like, no, 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 you need to do it right now. I don't think you understand. And she's very scrappy and very convincing. And so she finally wore me down. Like every single time I got a little bit of press, she would reach out to me again. And then finally she was like, this is the time you're on fire, you're getting a lot of attention. I think it was around the time that I made the, um, I was getting a lot of press because I made Kim Kardashian's paper magazine cover. Yes. And BuzzFeed picked it up and like it was it was everywhere. And so I was getting a lot of followers and a lot of attention. And so she was like, you need to like just strike while the iron's hot and do this. And so we put together a proposal pretty quickly and the book happened, came together with Workman and it's been, it was a really fun process. It was something that I, in a million years, never had conceived of when I started Mr. Crisp. And so figuring out what was going to go in the book and how the book was going to look and all of that was really cool. And then when it came out, it was like my bat mitzvah. <laughs> like It was just <laughs> a really special moment. And now that it's out there, it's just amazing to have something that's universally accept- accessible and permanent as permanent as books can be um, i said i mean i sent you a picture but i was looking for when before i found my current apartment we were looking at apartments yeah. and there was a staged apartment with the cookbook in That's the incredible. kitchen i wonder where they got that but yeah it's really cool just like no matter what happens in my future to look back and know that this is a real thing that doesn't just exist on the internet that exists out in the world is so cool where did Mr. Crisp come from? What is the title? Like, I'm what not going to lie. Mean? I was very confused in the beginning. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, she is a girl, but it says Mr. A yeah. lot of people think that I'm a dude until they meet me or speak to me. So Mr. Crisp. So I obviously never, ever thought this was going to be a thing. This was just something I was doing on the side. So when I named it, I had a little bit of fun with it. And Mr. Crisp is actually the bad guy in Sister Act 2, which is one of my favorite films. He's the guy who wants to shut down St. Mary's. And so they like lock him in the closet with a salami at the end. Um, he's a bad guy. But Mr. Crisp, and that's Top three Kathy and Jimmy movies. For sure. Yes. <laughs> I like how you say Kathy and Jimmy I mean, yeah, movies. Like, it, not this is her movie. Movies. This is her it, movie. It is this her is, film. Yeah. yeah. Where does it rank on Whoopi movies, though? Oh, it's up there. Yeah, it's up there. Up there. Past rat race, I will say. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Both of these stories now come into this conversation about the, the dichotomy between selling product and using your accounts to market yourselves versus also teach others and give people the tools to kind of do what you're doing themselves. What is kind of your thought process behind that? A lot of places you think about like the modern day business would not be giving away the secrets in every post, but that's kind of what you do and it works. I guess I'll start with that one too. Um, yeah, I guess like I am self-taught and I learned by watching videos other people had shared. So it just seemed kind of intuitive or as I was experimenting and figured out something worked well, it's like you want to share it and like you're excited and that's like part of the process almost like it's not complete unless you are sharing what you've learned, I guess. So 
I think I've always kind of had a different approach when it comes to that. And back in the day, I was selling cake. So it wasn't, I just, I don't, I don't know. I am just an interesting person, but I found it so much more satisfying to share things like that, tips and tricks and recipes, and also to make cake videos. Like I love making a cake, editing the video, and then watching it back. It just feels like the whole process is complete that way. So to me, that's just always felt so right. And I, I don't know, I just... I enjoy it and for me like cake decorating takes hours like I think a lot of people don't understand that unless you've made a layer cake before <laughs> it sounds ridiculous like how could you spend that long but trust me if you're making everything from scratch you're properly crumb coating you're doing an elaborate decoration letting kind everything of piping, cool yes like all of it takes which is something I can't do yeah all why of it I takes do what I do forever and so like to sell a cake and like people have insane cake orders so to sell a cake for me it was just like the cost benefit wasn't really there but I saw a lot more like it was way more profitable to do content and go that route. And so I realized that early on and it kind of, and it also just felt better for me doing that. And it was more flexible with work too, just because like I can bake if I get off work at nine one night, it's okay. I can wait to make a cake video until the next day. So it just worked out a lot better in my life too. So I guess there were like a lot of factors, but I find um, that's just been a lot better for cakes and everything. How about for the treats? <laughs> I think generally like, I, maybe for a second I was worried about giving away all my secrets, but at the end of the day, people are so lazy. So lazy. Nobody wants to do anything. And I Even still, make Rice Krispie yeah, treats. and I still sell just as many treats as I did before. I love okay, seeing Okay, time people. out. To be fair, yeah. like, it's not like any... <laughs> It's not like anybody can just look at a picture that you've made With and create detailed instructions and templates for ninety-three creative <laughs> crispy. You have a special skill set you need to acknowledge. No, That's for true. sure. And I definitely like have honed that skill yes. set. But yeah, no, I mean even really, really simple things sometimes I feel like I, like somebody who wants to order, for example, like an engagement ring. I just sometimes want to be like, do you know how easy it would be for you to make that yourself? But I'm happy to do it for you. Yes. Like certain ones that are really just simple. So, I mean, I just saw Sarah, your agent, the other night yes. because we, we I was at a friend's birthday party, Dan Janine, who also should be on the podcast. Dan, I'm sorry I missed your birthday party. Yes. I love but you. he requested a microphone because in addition to working at Eater and hosting his own podcast with Eater, he is also a stand-up comic. So I guess the microphone is very ubiquitous <laughs> to his life. Um He's a sad man. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, he's a, he's he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, great treat. But I think that's the the purpose. This yeah. isn't a Dan story. This right. is a, a Mr. Crisp story. Because <laughs> but back to Dan. You made this green <laughs> yeah. microphone with all the details of the actual crosshatch. It was a blow up microphone as the reference for that. It was amazing. Yeah. It was delicious. I was the first one to break into oh, I'm it, so of happy. course. Um, I think that's the kind of next stage of. Everyone can make content, and a lot of people make content, but I think it's really difficult then when you have um, people recreating your recipes or your techniques and then posting that online. For a lot of people, you're not as good as your photo. You're as good as the photos of people who make your recipes. How does that kind of go through your mind as you've like built up all of these techniques on making treats and cake recipes? I mean, I don't think I'm, <laughs> I guess I don't really look at it that way. I get, people send me <laughs> so many pictures <laughs> of cakes and emails and DMs and like, you know, they people vary in their skills and it's not like, 
one person is terrible at cake making and another person is incredible, it really comes down to practice, like we were saying mm-hmm. earlier. So some people have made like 50 layer cakes and yeah, their frosting's gonna be smooth and beautiful and it's gonna look just like my cake and I'm gonna be really happy. And some people, I get a lot of these, it's their first layer cake. <laughs> and no, the frosting's not as smooth. And you know, maybe the drip's not perfect, but I'm still, pr- I know how much energy they put into it. I know how much time it takes and I'm proud of them. And I say, I'm really proud of you. Like that looks delicious or like, it, like you know, it. it it's easy to still be encouraging and I'm still proud of people even if it might not look exactly the same as my cake. I can firsthand attest to that. I once was like calling Chelsea trying to make a cake and it was probably the most horrifying thing we've ever seen but she was so positive like looking for everything I did right which was literally nothing. No but that, that is what it's all about and like people need encouragement and half the time people just want to be heard which is one of the most interesting things like some people don't even like they just want to share what they've done because they're so proud of it themselves. So they put so much energy into it. So I think half of it's just acknowledging that effort. And so I'm always there to do that. How much time are you spending talking to people online? Like people who make your recipes or just commenting on your... your I'm not very good at responding to Instagram comments, but I'm very good at like email and blog comments and YouTube comments. And I try to... If people tag me in stories, I'm pretty good about it, but like more time than I should. Yeah. For me, it depends on what's happening. But sometimes it's like I'm doing something that involves a lot of engagement with people who follow me, and sometimes it's not. But I I generally try to be good about getting back to people. What are your favorite pop culture moments that have you've, you've kind of absorbed into your creations? I feel like that's such a huge part of the things you've created for other food publications, uh, viral recipes or posts typically come down to it's Mean Girls Day and you're making the burn book out of Rice Krispie Treats. Well, one like of my that. favorite things I ever did was actually with our other mutual friend, Allison Milam, who produced a project with me at, at Food Network for Digital of all of these different Mean Girls moments for October 3rd. Incredible. And that's like that was truly one of my favorite things we've ever done. I think we did a top 10 Mean Girls. So it was like there was a burn book. There were um, uh, Army Pants and Flip Flops. There were Calteen Bar. Like anything you can think of. That was really, really special. I love translating pop culture into treats. And now it seems like you, you're doing it a lot more consciously. It's almost as if anything happens. Met Gala happens. Next day, boom, you've got the best dress. <laughs> well, that's because I, I'll be honest. Like It used to be really, really easy to identify big visual pop culture moments. And then in 2016, just leading up to the election and with the election, pop culture just completely took a backseat. And I don't know that that's something that someone would notice if they weren't constantly trying to translate pop culture into content, into really light content. But it took like, I'm telling you, it took until like late 2019 for pop culture to be what it used to be. And so now I'm excited to have it back. And like now knowing that we're like entering another election cycle, I'm like, I hope we don't lose pop culture again because it's a really nice look. balance. Yeah. But I've but I've really noticed it. I mean, just recently between Baby Yoda and that banana with the duct tape mm-hmm. and like all like it's those are things that just weren't happening. Fascinating. Would you translate? Mr. Crisp into a strictly political Rice Krispie treat account? I mean, there was there was a moment <laughs> when I was actually using my platform uh, around the election, um, just very politically. And I try to be really authentic. And so if that's what I'm feeling, I'm going to do it. But I yeah. think just like sort of everything has sort of middled out. And now if, you know, if I need to get on there, 
and make a political statement, I will. But it's not, you know, I'm still waiting for the next pop. I have to make a cheer. I have to make a Navarro jersey for cheer. Yes. That has to happen this week. Yes. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Have you watched yeah. it? No. <laughs> you have no idea what we're talking about. No, I've, I've heard, seen it everywhere. Okay. I keep seeing it. I need to watch it. I haven't watched it. You have to make a cake. You have to make I like, a cake. I can't even make a cake. I don't even know. Six it, hours? It reminds me. The reason I brought up the political thing is obviously. Um, was it butter and scotch here in Brooklyn right. just sent yeah cakes. 200 cakes yeah yeah a ridiculous amount of cakes yeah. um talking about the impeachment yeah. to senators across the city and the whole thing was like Barbara Streisand picked it up Grub oh, really? Street picked it up like the concept of using food as a platform to kind of say something whether it be pop culture and mean girls day or something political or something social it's fascinating how people use their platforms then and do it um not to like totally switch gears but i love how much spongebob content you do in terms of cakes what are some of your favorite like pop culture moments you've translated with i'm the account? dying over that oh i was just gonna say like i feel the exact same way i'll look at jessica's instagram and just be like how on earth did she already make that photograph it and share it and for me i like do things kind of like a month in advance just because it takes a long time to like make all the content, edit everything. Are you um, editing everything? Yes. I'm like a one woman show. Oh so and God. like blogging the recipe and like all of it just like takes a lot of time. So my turnaround time is just like not fast enough, which is fine. I like accept that. But I'm also like so irrelevant. Like I have no idea what's going on in the world half the time. I'm like buried in my kitchen. <laughs> just like you're trying, very relevant. Trying to make a cake. Um, Patrick's so, always relevant. But I, one of my favorite things, like, is that I, I've always loved SpongeBob. Like, I have watched him since I was a little kid. I saw the SpongeBob Broadway show. Like, I watch it on the weekends. Like, it's my thing. I love it. My husband makes fun of me. I don't care. I have, like, 12 SpongeBob t-shirts. It's cool. So, SpongeBob being in, like, every meme ever and, like, becoming relevant, too, has been really fun for me just because I love him and the show anyways so i've just been slowly going through all the characters my goal is to make all of my favorite characters in 2020 so so far i've only done spongebob and patrick but patrick was definitely my favorite squidward's gonna be tough i'm gonna do gary next i think but also miss um mrs puff could be fun and mr krabs so we've got time um (laughs) i'm so out of those cakes always take a long time though so like i just need to like set aside a weekend but it's like really rewarding for me to make that type of cake and so um i enjoy that (laughs) but that's about as relevant as i get everything else is like a classic yellow cake with chocolate buttercream but that's like not like that's a huge i think that that goes to the conversation of you have those moments that are pop culture driven and those are the little bursts that you need to do because it, it, sh- <laughs> it, it shows creativity create creativity and it's fun but at the same time like if someone's looking for a recipe online if they're looking to make a rice crispy treat for their the, their fiance they're not going to be making a burn book they're going to make a ring it's yeah, those, right. it's a balance things. people want a classic yellow cake with chocolate frosting <laughs> I see they do that. um tiktok I oh want to God. talk about Jake, TikTok. I was so hoping you would bring... I literally, we were talking earlier today. I always like, I hope to goodness, talk about TikTok Of course today. we're going to talk about TikTok. She made me make an account. I did. Okay. We're going to take a little break and then we're going to go into TikTok. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. 
HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. We're back and we are going into everything TikTok Chelsea. I am obsessed with this app. I am obsessed. I think it's we are I am throwing my everything at feed feed. Right now we are the underscore feed feed on TikTok. I follow you guys. It's, I talk to um Kiora. I always say his name wrong. That's yeah, that's right. correct. Okay, Kiora. I'm always scared. Um, and we were talking about TikTok at dinner the other day, and I was like, yes, it's the best thing ever. And he was like, yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> so tell me about your strategy. Are you on TikTok, Jessica? Well, as of like 45 minutes yes. ago. She oh, is. amazing. Yeah, I follow Good. four people. You, I feel like your treats are going to blow up. That's what Chelsea I don't even keeps think it's saying. the treats. I mean, I think that Jessica is so funny and sarcastic and witty. I mean, that's true. Oh, and I feel like I want her to share all of that. Like, cause Maybe half some of, taste tests. Half of what people 100%. want is like that FaceTime. Well, and they want to see you eat weird things. Girl eating cereal. That could just be your, your That's my handle. Thing. I like yeah. it. It, The fact is, my favorite part about TikTok is when you look at, especially coming from traditional print media and then transitioning to digital, which was kind of like newsletter focus and banner ad focus, and then going into the Facebook realm and now Instagram, everything has always been calculated. And TikTok is the first platform <laughs> where everything you knew about social media Gone. is gone i love that it's magical it is there's like no rules the wild west it is it's so liberating and like so funny and entertaining and so much better there's no formula we did a whipped cream challenge and where you like put whipped cream on your hands you hit it and try to catch it in your mouth 12 million views that's wild more all right we have accomplished more views on videos than like I have been able to do anywhere. Across your whole I, career. <laughs> literally, across my whole career, I did a, a whipped cream piping on a pumpkin pie and like a, a, a swirl. It was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It did very well. It got 4 million views. Yep. These are just like numbers that are just totally like not okay, possible. Okay, I'm on TikTok. Not possible. No one could sell a magazine or get enough clicks to their recipe. It's, it's a double-edged sword though because... It, you have a much higher chance of going viral, but also you don't see as consistent of views. Correct. So it's like a ro- it's this roller coaster of emotions, but I think it's almost like crack. Like you're you're hooked. Like you want another high. Yes. You just keep making more videos. You want another viral video. It's That's insane. it. insane. And it, there's the, nothing more satisfying than refreshing your views. The, and ah, overnight. Oh my God. But I spend so much time on the For You page. And what That's I found I fascinating <laughs> is that... I'm watching videos and they're so diverse. Yes. When I think about the way I digest content on any other platform, it's just cake videos, Rice Krispie treats, food. This is the first time where 
I'll watch anything. And it's going to make most of the time it's humor based, which I really love. Um, But I want to know about like what your approaches are you just doing clips from your other videos are you making custom content um so i don't think that you can use content from other things it's just the format's different and people don't want that i I did that in the beginning and it did okay but it's not going to ever like go viral or it's just like not what people it's not how the platform works if you if you go on there and you watch videos you you realize that so i make different content you also just have to shoot vertically it's you have to you like could share a square format or like crop but like the quality is not as good and you can tell and it's just like not there so i've started shooting (laughs) vertically which when igtv came out i was like i'm never shooting vertically it's way too much extra work hello tiktok let me just spend another you know double the amount of time editing and a whole extra amount of footage because i love it that much and i want to (laughs) make content solely for tiktok and are you just doing cake building? Are you like smashing cake in your face? Are you... <laughs> I do a mix. So I share a little bit more of myself um, and I talk more in it because I think people want that. They want like that. they want that connection. And I so, scream at the camera yeah, sometimes. And you've talked so fast. I talk so fast. Yeah. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And then I made a strawberry cake. I just showed Jessica that one. It's good. So that strawberry cake that you made, you made that just for TikTok. So I made it, I still make the cake and I edit the content across all my platforms, but I have two cameras and one's shooting horizontally and one's shooting vertically. And then it takes me forever to edit everything. God, oh fun. my God, that's like insane. Wild. That's like great. That's wild. It's yeah. really great. <laughs> wow. Okay. So now what do you think the next step is? Are you going to continue TikTok eventually? Are you going to phase out? Like, How does that play in terms of your YouTube strategy or anything else you do? Oh, it's just another thing. <laughs> so I mean, everything is held to a different... Yeah. I mean, I've always like believed in creating... I think that every platform is unique and you have to create, even if you're using the same raw footage, it's different, you know, long form, not sped up for YouTube, short form for Instagram, you know, Facebook longer form because you can monetize there. And now TikTok is super short form, but I just think you have to play to what type of content performs well on that platform. So I I just, it's part, it's being in the game. You got to get your foot in the race. Is that a phrase? Foot in the race? Toe in the race, foot in the game, head in the game. A horse in the race. Horse in the race. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> we'll Google. We'll offline this one. <laughs> so you Je- get your horse in the race. <laughs> Jessica, what kind of content are you going to start posting to TikTok? To TikTok? I think I'm going to start with some taste tests. Yes. I please. love it. I think that's the, yeah, that's the, so you have a minute? Yes. You have a minute, but I will say most time, 15 seconds. Yeah. Depends on what you're doing, but like it doesn't have to be long. I the 15 right. second ones, like they're, they're so sometimes okay. it's so small and it's all based yeah. on music, which I love. Where like when the beat drops, that's when something so has to happen. So the music is in the app, yes, okay. and there are viral sounds and songs. Like half of like right. everything on top 40 right now are songs I listen to on TikTok. Okay, it's crazy right, how TikTok is shaping the like top Spotify playlists, yes, pop rising and top hits. Just saying, 100%. 100%. Okay, we've made it to the lightning round. Oh, man, okay. These are going to be just some fun questions. I want to know your takes. First one, who's killing it on the gram? Who do you love to follow right now? Besides Mr. Crisp? Obviously. And you? Obviously. The Shirley Temple King. Come on. Tell me. Oh, my God. It's like viral. It's like this four-year-old kid who reviews Shirley Temple's. He's my hero. And the handle is Shirley Temple King? I think his handle is, yeah, the Shirley Temple King or Shirley Temple King. That's incredible. Yeah. I you, think like when I first saw the account it had 5,000 followers and now it was like up to 100,000, probably more than that now. Shirley Temple. Shirley I Temple love King. Shirley Temples. Yeah. yeah. Well, you will love the Shirley Temple. <laughs> let me tell you. I'm like literally trying to think. I honestly like, 
don't find Instagram that satisfying anymore, and I don't really? spend that much what? time scroll. I feel like I need to, like look at my. I'm sure there's somebody. I'm being terrible. But say a quick thing. Why don't you find that anymore? Uh, there's just only so much time in the day. I and That's I fair. really do spend a lot of time working. Even though I, I mean I post to social media, but I don't spend that much time looking. So, um, okay, I have I have I have one I can share. The Bake King V underscore Bake King Bake King. He makes a lot of really realistic cakes that he like does satisfying cuts. Like you've probably seen viral videos on Facebook of like compilations of his cakes. Gotcha. But he makes really great ones um, that are fun to watch. I love it. When's the last time you've really impressed yourself with either a cake or a treat where you're just like, oh my God, this is so good. You go. You go first. All the time. Um, I was really proud of the duct tape on that banana. Yes. That was fruit roll up that I had, you know, done a lot of stuff to. And then the caviar I loved making. That, that was, was a really cool. really cool one. Yeah. But I mean, I, it's, I, I love watching just cause I used to get stuck all the time. Like now just these instincts like that pop into my brain. I, it's, it's really cool to be proud of what you do. I am like the opposite. I think I'm like my own worst critic. So I'm always like, oh, at that corner of that cake, I can't believe, you know, whatever. Um, I think that one of the cakes I'm the most proud of, um, I made a corgi cake, which was kind of a, a personal cake because I love corgis. I made it for a charity event. Um, but Your so people, wedding cake, maybe? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> my wedding cake wasn't that big of a surprise. It was pretty standard. No, I made this corgi cake that took, I swear to goodness, as long as my wedding cake. It took forever. Um... But I was really proud of it because I made it at first and it was like kind of janky. And then I kept going and I proceeded the next day to fix it. And then it turned out really cute. But if you saw what it looked like when I first did it, my God. I love it. <laughs> when was your last like nailed it moment where you're like, what happened? This is a nightmare. I had to do something twice recently. I'm trying to think of what it was. <laughs> While you think about that, I, I can yeah. share mine. I forgot to put baking powder in a cake, and it came out. <laughs> That's great. And I was like, oh. You know, like I, I recipe test all the time, but it was a recipe that I make pretty frequently, and it was just, like, very dense and, like, gross. And I just, like, immediately, right when I pulled it out of the oven, I was like, nope, got to remake those. I'm trying to remember what it was. I had to ask the person if we could do it. Oh, it was a, it was a Chanel scarf. Oh, I mean, a scarf must be very hard. Yeah, Crispies, I just, yeah. like, the first time I thought I'd be able to make it work a certain way, I just couldn't. I gave up early enough that I didn't sink that much time into it. Unfortunately, the order was for a friend, so I was able to just text her and be like, hey, can we actually do it this way? And she was great. Amazing. But, yeah. What's exciting you in food right now? It could be desserts, could be anything. could be a restaurant you went to. What's something that's kind of, could be a flavor. This sounds like a little cliche, but um, I haven't really experimented that much with gluten-free baking in the past and I'm going to make my friend's wedding cake in a few months that's gluten-free so now I'm diving headfirst into that and there's just like a lot of interesting things to learn about um gluten-free flour and trying out different blends and just like different recipes and different fats and how everything combines so I've just been really enjoying those experiments in the kitchen lately which is like the most cliche New York thing ever but it's been great <laughs> I have a huge bag of candy in my apartment that I picked up in London and Paris. So I'm very excited to try those things. Some really cool novelty versions of things that we have here. Like a few months ago, I taste tested those yogurt Skittles, which are actually now available in the U.S. and they're amazing. But I have some like Skittles smoothie flavors, um, salted caramel flavored M&Ms, which here we only have regular caramel. 
um, a few other things that are in unique flavors that I'm really excited to try. Sounds like a TikTok in the making. It does. Yeah, wait, it really does. And then you just have to, then you just have to put them all in a skillet and just watch them melt. Yeah, and that's <laughs> it. Well, Kim Kardashian was microwaving M and M's, and like made videos about it and people were doing that and my sister and I did it and somehow I obviously messed it up but they were (laughs) (laughs) um and last but not least uh fuck marry kill and we're gonna do it with foods can't wait so Jessica we're gonna do cereals um obviously no rice krispies because that's an easy one but um let's say corn pops fruit loops and cinnamon toast crunch okay Mary Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yes. And it was Corn Pops and Fruit Loops? Yes. Oh, that's so hard. All right. Fuck Fruit Loops. Kill Corn Pops. Wow. And I, like, I'm sorry. I, I love you, Corn Pops. I just, not as much as Fruit Loops. There we go. Yeah. But like, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch forever. Die. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. What? I'm just going to throw it out there right now. It's fine. Oh my god! I'm gonna order a special cinnamon toast crunch cake from you just to spite. <laughs> Can't that. wait. And for you, it's different styles of cake. So let's yes. say geode cakes, ombre designed cakes, and drip cakes. Okay. Um, kill geode cakes. I think they're cool, but I just think like they've had their heyday. Love it. So I Fad, don't think, dead. You know, I loved them in 2016. I think they're beautiful, but they also kind of look like a vagina. I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to say that here, but like you can't make... PSA, fuck, Mary Kill. I think you can say vagina. Stop making pink geode cakes. They look like vaginas. Stop. Mine was purple. Uh, it was much more appropriate. Okay. Um, obviously, marry a drip cake because I love me a good drip in caramel chocolate or white chocolate. Bring it on. And then I guess that means that ombre is... Uh, I, I would fuck ombre that sounds weird but um I, ombre is like great it's good i could handle that It'd be a good night together yeah amazing well <laughs> i think that that's that's the end of our lightning session and now we're going to conclude with what do you see for yourselves in the next few years what do you see for food for the concept of making cakes online do you want to keep doing the same do you want to do something completely different what's next oh my god you start with that we just had this conversation. Um, I love doing what I do. I love making treats for people, and I hope to continue to do that. But I would also like to use the master's degree in creative writing, so I'm working on a bigger writing project that's not related to Mr. Crisp. And, yeah, I feel really lucky that I have a business that I can sort of shape to whatever is going on with me so that I can, you know, bring it forward and backward depending on what else is happening so I think the we have been around for like a pivotal time in content creation and for a while it was really like the wild west and now it feels like um like safety town did you guys have safety town growing up no (laughs) safety town so it's like this place where you go me and my metaphors it's this place where you go and your kid you're like in maybe like fourth or fifth grade and it's like run like a little city and so you'd like learn driving rules and so, like, there are just it's so many place. rules and regulations. Yeah, there's one on Long Island. It teaches you how to be safe as, like, a biker, a pedestrian, a driver, etc. Um, anyway, so it used to be just, like, to- like nobody knew what they were doing. And now people are just so – everyone has these, like, really articulated social media strategies. And I think people are achieving a lot more of the results they want to achieve. But I also think it's a lot less fun. 
And so I will continue to do what I'm doing, but I hope to, you know, also broaden my creative contribution to the world. I love it. My (laughs) view for the future is not quite that, like, particular, I guess. Um, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing, but continuing to grow and get better. I always feel like there's things I can improve on, like, from how I make my videos to even, like, photography. I always, like, am trying to get better at, so... And also just like adopting whatever new platforms come our way. Like I think any new form of social media does have that like exciting aspect like TikTok. And so who knows what will be relevant or irrelevant in the future. But I'm um, just going to try try to keep tackling it all and just living my best social media Live life. Live your truth. <laughs> my, mm-hmm. Or my truth. Yes. One of those two. Amazing. This is so great. Thank you both so much for coming on. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I had a great time. And thank you for listening. To learn more about the food and drink discovery platform that is The Feed Feed, head to thefeedfeed.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Feed Feed and myself at Jake Cohen. If you have a tip on who the next social media culinary star will be, send us a DM. We'll see you next time. The Feed Feed is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.